You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. We're back, Primal Radio. Uh, after an exciting week last week with the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny Mack. What a great guest. He had all his pubs. Can't wait to get out to London next year. Hopefully, I'll get out there next. Uh, the talks are next July, right, Tom? Something like that to come out to London? Do you uh, know what the hell I'm talking I think about? Lap wants you over maybe in July, and then the primal camp's still up for debate. It might be as early as February, it might be as right. early as July. It might be in February, and then, come, and then London in July, and then uh, we'll figure it out. But then we, we're going to go to all the Johnny Max pubs. Can we go on all in one night? Difficult. Definitely, we could probably go twice. Actually, we could do like the, <laughs> it's just it's like a sampler in each pub, and uh, well, there's five of them, and I five. reckon I've got capacity for at least ten pints, maybe fifteen on a good day. Oh, so. no doubt, easy, dude. I don't <laughs> like that. Now, are they within stumbling distance of each other? That's yeah, literally, they're pretty much on the same road. What's that? Uh, yeah, I looked them all up. Oh, you did? Excited. Yes. So you don't have to take a cab or anything like that. No, or, just waterless just station. Walk right down the road. <laughs> Right? That's right. Are they That's in nice right. neighborhoods? Yeah. Are they in uh, bad neighborhoods? Um, I think I think Johnny's ridden on the back of that area, sort of going up, upper. Uh, it's, it's you know, clean it's rised up through the ranks. Yeah, right, right, like, right. They, they say in London everything's up and coming. They're always saying, "Oh, this place <laughs> is up and coming." Up and coming. Right. Um, some places will always be shit, but round there is really central. So. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because like when we were in, you didn't get to. You guys had to cut out of Ireland early. So on Sunday night, when we're in Ireland back in, when we were there, July, something like that, June? July, yeah. July, when we were in Ireland, in Dundalk, Ireland, and Anthony, um, who hosted the seminar, he plays in an Irish band, and we went out to a pub, which is, I, there's no way tourists would ever go to this area. It was like off the beaten path, and at least appeared not to be the greatest of upcoming areas. It was maybe a you know, downward mobility, but a tiny little pub. And you walk in, and it was long. It was packed. I mean, just absolutely packed with people. Anthony and his band, you have a guy on the bagpipes, a guy on, like, the ukulele and a harmonica. It was – you couldn't have written this scene better, you know, yeah. uh, if you were in the movies. It was great. And then some uh, random Asian guy comes in and is singing Bob Marley with these guys. <laughs> and it was it was great. And it was a lot of fun. And unfortunately, didn't get to stay long enough because had to get back to the um, – Bed and breakfast because we had to head uh, out early for our flight, take you know a bus. So we were there. It was um, exciting. Matter of fact, was interesting. Was you know I've been all over Europe and to go to places where English is not the predominant language, but always the second language. And the people from Germany and France and Italy speak better English than the Irish guys did because you couldn't <laughs> understand it with that accent. Not you know I, I I sat down at a seat and this guy just starts rattling off stuff. And he, he'd been drinking for a while. There's no doubt he was there all afternoon. And I, I really yeah. needed an interpreter. I had not a clue. So I just did the play thing and smile and go, yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, yeah. No idea what I was saying yesterday. And same thing with Hawk, but it was uh, it was good. So, But anyway, so I, I mean. Um, Wait, I have to interject a question. Yeah, yeah. When you got off of that flight back from Ireland, yeah. where did you go? To the gym. <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that where you were? That's right. I went right back just- here. Landed, and I think I got back in uh, Philadelphia when I left uh, Ireland at like noon. 
I think I was there by two or three, and back at the gym by two or three o'clock and taught all night. So because the flight for you know, the time change, which is which is not a big deal, but but anyway, made it back. But anyway, I have so I want to hit a couple of things. You have something to say? No. Oh, you go. Oh, okay. I forgot my mouse, so I'll be a little delayed on uh, getting to my notes. But anyway, um, last week, thank you. See, I'm figuring how to use this. I, I, I don't want to. Don't correct me on how to use my computer. Thank you. <laughs> But anyway, so last oh I forgot it's a touch screen. All right, thank you. I have a touch screen touch screen computer, which I did not mean to buy by the way when I bought it. So it is a touch screen like an iPad or something like that. And I forget that it is. It would be easy for me to work it this way, but it becomes annoying sometimes. If you accidentally touch the screen, you screw up the document you're writing on. But anyway, last week I said we'd have a big announcement coming up. And what the big announcement was I actually uh, announced it on, on Facebook the other day. We Primal Gym will be moving to a new location as of December uh, 1st. We're moving from a 3,000-square-foot facility, which, Tom, you've been to that location, right? Love it. Yeah, right? Yeah. And we're moving Great to a 10,000-square-foot facility. Uh, it's just absolutely ginormous. Um, big, big place. 30-foot ceilings. Uh, Gigantic. It's only about uh, a mile down the road from the existing location. Reason for the move is a we're outgrowing that location. Want to add a lot of new things to the schedule, so the schedule will be expanding. Uh, several several more classes a night, multiple classes going on at the same time. And also, what's what's happening is on a side note here is I'm at in the schedule is that I am adding back in uh, the Jeet Kune Do and I'm adding back in the closed quarter combatives training. For the last couple of years, I've only taught it privately. Uh, to the military police and when I do seminars, you know, wherever that might be. So I'm putting that back on the schedule and we'll see how it goes to different client than the MMA guy in general uh, or the BJJ guy. But uh, that'll be out on this. So we'll see how that goes. And it's always kind of a weird thing for me when I teach the JKD or combatants because it's very personal and you get a lot of wing nuts kind of come in with the JKD. You know, guys will call you up. I'm sure you guys have never experienced this, Tom, but these guys come in <laughs> with that thousand-yard stare and go, oh, you know, I've always wanted to train in Jeet Kune Do. And I go, well, I don't train in Jeet Kune Do, man. Maybe you do, but it's – right? And and they'll – or that they've trained with some completely obscure dude um, yeah. in their basement or something like that. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, because I've trained with a lot of guys in their basement who are great. But uh, – Anyway, they, they never seem to last. And then the, the class was always tough to, to grow it. But anyway, that'll be coming back. Also in the gym, we're going to have about 2,000 square foot of mat, which is a, a, a huge mat space. We'll have a cage, a cage wall. The boxing room will be there. There'll be an entire weight room, about 1,000 foot square foot weight room with the, all the amenities, you know, treadmills, all hall kind of thing. That's an addition. We've, uh, the whole place is turf. The entire 10,000 square feet is it's practically turf. There will be a lounge, you know, for the parents and stuff, for people to sit in couches and and TVs. There'll be two locker rooms, and uh, anyway, so that is all expected to be opened up by December first, and uh, we'll have a grand opening, a, a re-grand opening. Probably wait till the weather changes in the spring, because the weather's not great in Jersey at that time. And uh, well, December's not bad, but uh, necessarily, but. We want to wait till the weather really breaks, and we'll kind of do something better. We'll probably have some bands. I think uh, Gene here at the radio station has a contact with some of the local bands, right, Gene? That can come out and kind of do something. And what Jim's not saying here? What? what, what yeah, yeah. I took I, t- I took that moment when you inhaled to jump in. Oh yes. What Jim's not saying here is, Tom. I have seen the space. 
it's going to be fucking dazzling. Dazzling. Yes. Now I, you know. What is it now, guys? What, what's, what's the... It's intimate. What's it used for at the moment? Oh, oh it, nothing. Was, it's I thought you were talking about the... Space, yes. yes, this, yes this, yeah. I'm sorry. The Don't space was a baseball academy. Um, with guys would play okay. indoor baseball, essentially. Um, unfortunately for that gentleman, and fortunate for us, his, his business, he went out of business. So space was available, and I've been looking at it and working on trying to get it for quite some time. And um, a lot of things had to fall into place to make that happen for me to get this place. I'll, I'll go back. I'll give you a little bit of a, st- a story the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened was around two – before I did – like I've been doing martial arts for 43 years. Actually longer than that now. I, I stopped counting birthdays after a while. But since I was a little kid, I started martial arts. So, okay, just a minute. Before yeah. you continue, yes. Tom, I think that we need to have a rebellion here. I, I think we need to interview this guy. You can, have, you can, you can <laughs> yeah. monologue as much as you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah, no, but, I agree. I agree. All right, all right. All right, so just so you know, that's, I think that's what's happening right now. Um, oh, okay. So who's who? Are, are you... Uh, you just, you know, what do you... Shall we begin now, or do you sure. want to do you want to monologue for a while? I'll let me monologue because I'm. Okay, ba- go I, ahead, go ahead. Have uh, a soliloquy. And I, we'll... <laughs> I am the genius of me, and then we so. will. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my biggest fan. Interviewing is where you effectively interview yourself. We don't even have to say anything. That's those are the best so guests, aren't they? I'm not gonna <laughs> let that happen. She'll so. have questions. <laughs> questions, and if they're idiotic questions, I'll be the first to let you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, so, so I anyway, just want to give you this little background about Primal Gym. So I was, I've been doing martial arts my whole life. And I had a, a, you know, a career in the business world. And, um, the, you know, the jo- and the job became pretty big. Um, had all the benefits of a corporation, you know, the company car, the, 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 the vacations or holidays, you know, and, um, you know, steady paycheck, so on and so forth. The end of the day is I really did hate it because I wasn't doing what I was passionate about. And for a number of years, what would happen is I would literally fly to Europe or fly to California, do a seminar from Friday to Sunday, and be back in my office Monday morning. And I, when I would go do these seminars, people would treat me like you know a king. They were great. I met a lot of fantastic people. I've traveled the world, and then I go back to my shit job on Monday. And go, uh, why am I doing this? But, you know, you get it. You get comfortable. Therein lies a problem. You're like, I'm getting a paycheck. Yeah. It's just easy for me to do day in and day out, no matter how much I hated this. And uh, I but still... Just to be clear, you, you were quite senior and had... Uh, I mean, it was... Was it in property, I think? You, you, no, you, no, you, I was you in... You well paid in that. I was doing okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I was... Uh, I don't want to say... I was, it, was an, it was an international company. I, I don't want to kind of get... It doesn't matter. But um, I, I it, it, it was legal. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a decent gig, and they're a good company. It was not a reflection upon the company; it was a reflection upon me that I wasn't allowed to just do what I needed to do, and what I was passionate about. You hear these guys, these gurus on the air going, you know, for God's sakes, you know, do what you're passionate about. But I got to tell you, that's really scary. So in 2012, yeah. I'm going to top line. There's more bigger de- details. I essentially jumped out of the plane with no parachute. Hey, let's do it. And, and I had to learn to fly on the way down. There was no parachute. What am I going to do? Had no job, had no, really no plan. So what I did is I did more seminars for over 10 years, by the way. I'd done over 300 seminars around the planet. That's a shitload of seminars. That's one essentially every other weekend somewhere around, whether it would be local or whether it be overseas or whatever it might be. So I um, 
jumped, so to say, like I said, jumped out of the plane and just tried to create a thing. Was doing privates and stuff. And then I came into some partnerships with a few different guys in different configurations from a little tiny gym up to a gigantic gym where we bid, Jesus, $2.4 million on a property to uh, build this, you know, a martial art gym and a fitness gym. Real big, a whole big building. And uh, all these different possibilities fell apart for one reason or the other. And I put a lot of time, a lot of effort into this. Mind you, I did all this for no money. Zero, not a penny. The only way I made money was, you know, I did, oh, by the way, I happened to nail a pretty good bodyguard gig in the interim, which was kind of cool. That's a whole other story, but it paid great. But um, so what happened is then uh, that big partnership fell apart. I had a little bit of a partnership, opened up a little gym, which uh, was I did private training out of, and then we were going to have a grand opening, so to speak. Uh, essentially what happened in here, I don't know how it works in the UK, probably the same way, is you need to have what's called a variance. And what the variance does is it allows you to operate a particular business in a particular location, whether it be a doctor's office or whether it be yeah. a gas station or a 7-Eleven or you know, a convenience store. Yeah, we, we have planning permission. It's, it's kind of like the same planning thing. Planning permission, like right. Use case. So, so you right. might be A1 for certain types of business, and then you might want to change it to be B2 to be another type right. of business. Which, by the way, costs money and costs t- yes, and time. Yeah. So it's always about the money. So what happened is um, the one partner did not take care of that like it should have been taken care of. So I opened the doors. Now, a lot of this money, time has been invested in this. Uh, the local town came in, put a giant red sticker on the door and said, you're closed, you're out of business. Like this. So literally think about you put years of work, time, money, effort, into, and someone puts a goddamn red sticker on your door and goes, you're closed. You can't do business. If you do business here, we're going to charge you. It was something like $1,000 a, 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 a day on each individual who would come in your door. I was closed. Partnership dissolved. I had nowhere to go. I had to scramble, do all this stuff. Just to survive, whatever it was, dig ditches, it didn't matter. You know, you're, there's no job beneath you. You have to feed the family. You have to pay the bills because that no one cares, by the way. So I do all this, found the location I'm at now. So I went from literally having nothing, somehow managed to keep my shit together, stay as positive as possible, which, believe me, is not that easy to do, and then open up the primal gym at the current location. We got that, we got that position there. Started with no students. I didn't have one student and had to pay a big, a big bill, you know, at the end of the month because you'd have a big giant pile of bills and a little pile of money. I'm sure you've experienced that, Top. Yeah. Did, did a lot of your guys follow you over from the? This um, was personal training. So here's yeah. the difference: I had some personal training guys, but it wasn't enough to pay the rent on the building, and it certainly wasn't enough to pay my mortgage or to pay my electric bill or my gas bill or the gas in my car. It was just enough to barely survive. So I went from making a good hunk of money to nothing. Matter of fact, I'd say less than nothing. If I was making nothing, it would be a pay, a price, a pay increase. So then we opened this place, and, and I put in, I shit you not, about 17 hours a day. I was there at 4 o'clock this morning. I'll give you my schedule. I get there 4 o'clock this morning. My first, I have several early classes. I have a 5, a 6, a 7, an 8, a 9, a 10. At 10 o'clock, boom, that I, I, what did I do? I did a few things. I ran over to the radio station, doing the radio station, uh, the, the show here. Jim, then I, yes. actually, I'm sorry, but I think that I, I need to actually corroborate this, A. Yes. And it will lead up to a question. First off, yes, what you're describing is exactly what I've seen to be your schedule. Yes. That, that from 4 a.m. on, you're there, and then, like, around 11 o'clock, 
you know, maybe there'll be a pass by for a shower. Then there's right. um, added chores for the gym, possibly a um, encounter with a hedge at home that may or may right. not may or may not accede to acquiesce. Yeah, no, and then go back and then then go back work on stuff about in four different directions, you know, right. MMA league, uh, all sorts of stuff. And and then and then the classes start. And the classes start at five thirty and I have to tell you, six o'clock, you know, depending. I have to tell you we people kind of come in, they're like everybody's like, Where's Coach Jim? Jim, it's it, it's it's like it's like um it's it's like you know it's kindergarten students except they're adults and but they really they really really want to see what you know they they either want to <laughs> see if he's going to get pissed off approval right, whatever right. no and and then and then he goes on you know through that several right. i don't know how many classes four so, classes yeah exactly exactly with no flagging so i want to i want to and that happens to, to my observation every fucking day of the week Every day. so so what is it I, I don't know what is it that keeps you going well, from 4 a.m <laughs> to 10 p.m monday through know. sunday no no there's got to be something monster if you, if, energy if you could if you could <laughs> i've seen you drink them yeah yeah, yeah i know i know oh dude it's so ridiculous well hang on so i'll, I'll answer your question okay, all so, right so real quick so anyway i'm yeah, getting sorry it was a longer story than i thought but i'm very long-winded <laughs> and then but it's so what Justin. yeah hey <laughs> listen um, so what happens is so we we built that so I built that place up and went through a couple of different conversations. No students. Two, the three years later, um, now we're moving to a ten thousand square facility. My goal at that time is when I opened that gym, as I said, I'd open the largest MMA boxing gym around. Ten thousand square feet is the largest one around. It's gigantic. I'm able to do a lot of things there, but it came with a lot of heart, you know, blood, sweat, and tears day in and day out, and not giving up. I have zero talent. I'm just a really hard worker. So that's essentially how that happened. So I'm very excited that this is kind of fleshing out across the course with the MMA, um, excuse me, the Primal Promotions coming out and, of course, bringing back Primal Radio. So a bunch of cool shit's coming together. Um, it's often kind of scary because of the fact that you've worked so hard with zero, you know, you don't get to see any, when's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? It never seems to come around. And then all of a sudden... Maverick, I had said to to Alana, I said, "Man, it's it's almost like it, this shouldn't be happening because I've worked so hard with zero results, and that would be the the present." But anyway, I don't know. So now we're here; we're in a real good position. I'm really excited about that opening up. We'll probably do a camp here in the USA here for next year with that thing. So we'll see what happens. So if anyone cares, come on out and support <laughs> the gym. We'll have a, a handful of seminars here next year. We have <laughs> seminars coming up. If I can only scroll. Yeah, um, Next month, we have the Snake Pit USA uh, seminar coming up. I don't even know when that date is. The snake, oh, it's November 4th and 5th. That's a coach's clinic. Uh, you can get more details on our website or on our Facebook page. Uh, also, Carlos Catania is coming in for a BJJ seminar on December 9th. Phenomenal BJJ guy. Uh, that'll be a one-day seminar. It's four hours. Uh, coming up, at, we don't know if the date yet we're talking about. The primal European camp to be determined probably February, maybe March, uh, maybe the UK uh, in July as as we open the show with, and of course the primal promotions. We'll look forward to having uh, six uh, six to twelve shows next year with uh, between boxing, MMA, and kickboxing. Um, also, another thing, real quick, uh, as I'm doing this relentless self promotion, is that um, uh, those who are looking to book seminars for the primal seminars, uh, whether it be in Europe and the U S 
start to reach out to me because the schedule will fill up. I have a limited schedule. I used to do many more seminars, but due to being pulled in so many directions, I only have so much time. But uh, if that interests you, reach out to me uh, through Facebook and through the webpage. Um, in those seminars and stuff, we have, geez, 60 training modules. 60. Can you believe I got 60 training modules, Tom? Mm-hmm. How many have you been to, Tom? Uh, I've I've seen I've seen your notes and various lists, and I've got a few of your DVDs. So um, oh, nice. I, I wouldn't say I've I've been through any of them, as in I've not completed any of them, but I've touched on loads <laughs> of your stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Throughout the now, how long have you been? How long have we known each other? Eight years, seven years? Uh, Two thousand nine. I met Nine. you in uh, Bayonne, New Jersey. Bayonne, New Jersey, at our, our buddy Patrick Cunningham's. That's right. That was a JKD right. camp. Now, who brought you? Who'd you come with? Did you come over with Guaclin or did you come over with Lack? I was, I was with Lack, Gotlin, and uh, Christoph, who's a, Christoph. a French student from our group. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that much about what I was doing then. But I'd had a couple of years of JKD, um, and, and I guess I'd, I'd probably trained with Tim Tackett once or twice. But right. I think it was, it was, you know, it was, it was great to see a load of great martial artists that really knew oh, what they yeah. were doing. Okay, I have a question. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so, okay. So the question that I have for actually for you, Tom, and then in relation to you, Jim. Yes. Is how did you know he was the real deal, Jim? How, how Tom, when you when you met Jim, I'm assuming I'm assuming you think he's the real deal because we're all sitting here, right? So yeah. When was the moment, or what was the thing that made you say, "This guy's, you know, he's not a quack"? Because <laughs> there are a lot of them out there. Because we were at the pub and I bought him his 15th pint. <laughs> and he started to believe my bullshit. Okay. Okay, enough from you. This is a question for Tom no, first, that, please. Yeah, that's, that's not true. Um, exactly. I, I, think there's a, I think there's a few things. I mean, I spoke about Pat O'Malley um, right. the other week and sort of said how, how people have – I think we've all got a certain radar for talent. Um, mm. And that, you know, even if you don't know what you're doing – you can probably look at someone and say, that guy hasn't got a clue, you know, right. and it, this guy seems to move really well. I don't know what he's doing, but it seems to, yeah. you know, move well and be effective. So that, that was the skill-related side of things. I think, you know, Jim, as, as a physical specimen, is a big guy. <laughs> right? it's, it's, oh, that's uh, so fucking funny. <laughs> but, you know, it, and I, think I don't know how he's alive. Do, we, we were talking, actually, we were talking at the weekend uh, with me and, and Andy Jansen about um, a, a Krav Maga coach who's, who's tiny, re- really, really small guy. And, and he's talking hypothetically about doing X, Y, and Z to people in his seminars. I actually don't know the guy, so, so um, yeah. uh, I'm not, not, not to talk out of turn. I don't even know his name. But, um, you know, it, 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 they were saying, you know, physic, it's a physical improbability for this guy, his size to achieve too much stuff, you know, cause he really right. is very small. Sure. And, and, and there is a certain extent, I think, I mean, I always use the rule of thumb you gave me Jim, which was, um, you know, if a guy is 20% better than you, sorry, if a guy is 20% bigger than you, you've got to be 20% better than them. Right. Um, so I, I think, I think that's another thing that played into it. And then, you know, you've got, you've got some cool branding. Um, you know, I can see the dedication and, and I guess, because I've always been doing the JKD and Jim would bring, they would always get Jim to do some groundwork and uh, certain boxing drills, certain specializations. And because I'm so used to the JKD, it's always exciting to see stuff outside of the JKD world. Um, So so for for those three reasons, slightly Mm -hmm. long winded as well. um, uh, 
I, I, I knew Jim was uh, the real deal, and I, I've, I've particularly warmed to Jim. And uh, I think I think one other thing to mention is, is Jim's always been a big supporter of me, so it's been a two way street. Um, yeah. You know, if I've ever had any doubts, or oh, I can't do this, or I'm, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm progressing well enough, or I feel I'm being held back in this, or something like, you know, Jim's always had words of encouragement, you know, which which, which is good. I'm probably a guy that needs that, you know, sometimes. I think we all need that. But, I, you know, and I have a, I have a follow-up question then. Yeah. This is for you, Jim. Mm. You know, I, I've, I've witnessed wow. this, so this is yeah. not sycophantic. No. Uh, and I've actually been puzzled over this. Yeah. First off, why there? there's a large population of people who just fucking adore you. <laughs> Seriously, they, they, they come to class and they just <laughs> adore <laughs> you. And why? Why? What the heck? <laughs> What's that, Tom? Why are you so likable? I want to know. This is your life, Jim. You know, I want to know. This is your life. I want to know the explanation for this. Well, it's all (laughs) bullshit. I'm not really likable. I just make you think I like you and that I'm likable. It makes it easier for me to kill you. I see. I see. So so then then the other question that's obviously related to that is why the ape? Because it's just cool? No, seriously. There was no, here's what. We came up with it when the name came out. I don't know how the show all came about me, but um, well, it is for right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> when we, when I was coming up with the concept to do this, I want I didn't want to just do martial arts. I want to do physical training, a variety of different things. I didn't want it to be Jim's karate or or Jim's krav maga mm-hmm. or Jim's jikundo. I did not want to confine myself to any one different discipline or thought process at all. Krishna uh, Murthy, I believe, you said. I mean, it comes from Bruce. Well, Bruce actually got it from Krishna Murthy. I believe it was Christian Murray said it, be, be open to everything and attached to nothing. And I love that concept about training. That means I'm never cemented or so secured in, hey, it has to be this way because I don't care who ta- where it came from, where it came from. I just want to, can I do it? Can I teach it to someone else? So going back to so when I came up with that concept of primal gym, I just thought primal just very basic and caveman-ish, which is kind of what I am. And I like designing logos and stuff. I kind of just teach myself and mess around with different ideas and concepts. And then somehow uh, the war gods presented me with a gorilla. And then I kind of worked with the gorilla. And you got to say, the gorilla idea works. Did you see, Tom, that thing on Facebook, the King Kong coming off the... Empire State yeah, Building. Yeah, 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 now, yeah. I, I, I love all that artwork. It's not, it's not that easy to do because I thought I'd do, try and do one of like us in the studio, but like you yeah. as a gorilla, me as a monkey. I'm <laughs> downloading images. Dude, that's so funny. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I'm gonna now. You've got giving me homework. No, but it oh, takes yeah, fucking forever I mean, to do that. You stuff. can do that. Go for it. I can do it yeah. like five minutes. Okay. Well, I, I can't. I thought yeah. it'd be easy, but I, no, I, I, it's I, not. no, no. It's the art of artlessness. And I, mean, I do yeah. all that artwork. I don't know if you see. Well, you've been. I do all the artwork on the wall. I paint all the artwork. Um, and there's a way to do that. But I, I do all that, and, and uh, I got to recreate that at the new gym too. So a lot of my late nights now will be going over and uh, being Michelangelo and painting the gorilla on the sea. All right, now, now you're getting drunk with power and praise. I am. <laughs> I, I do do it. Wait, do you not look, pay people to do more of these things rather than doing it all yourself? You know, I think it might be a, a, a control issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, you, you know, couch here, I so have very can. high expectations more of myself, so, more so than other people, but hey, I just, you know, I, and I enjoy doing it. I, I, I don't mind working 24 hours a day. It doesn't Provided slow you you're up. doing what you love, right? Yeah. Right. Well, that's another question. Like, right. Okay. People are passionate oh, about I've, stuff. You go ahead. Go for it. 
jump in. I, I, do I, it. I want to go back to the gorilla thing yes, briefly. Please. To me, I want to know more. There is there is some relevance to the, to the gorilla and actually the style of the stuff that we do. Right. Um, and by that, when I say we, I mean in, in, in the sort of primal system. Right. Um, so, for example, you know, you, you, you've coined the phrase caveman jiu-jitsu, right, which is, it, it is rather than some of the small circle jiu-jitsu, which places a big emphasis on, you know, your thumb must be in this exact spot. And, you know, you, you're going to have to tweak into, the, into this position. And if you slightly tilt like this, it will have this effect. Um, rather than saying all of that stuff, instead, you, you make it a much rawer, more, more effective movement that, you know, that, that's going to work in, in, in sort of any environment. Because you've got to recognize that, yeah, when in a training environment, when my, hand, my partner gives me the hand in this position, it, it's it's going to work perfectly but in a real combative situation where that person's struggling they possibly got a weapon um you're not wearing the right clothes it's cold and slippery outside etc cetera, etc cetera, that um that sort of uh, primal instinct stuff becomes far more important um another thing would be like the sort of uh you know from the mount position when you're doing the, the ground and pound that sort of gorilla um you know gorilla <laughs> punching bolo right. punching onto your opponents very very effective so i think i think the gorillas actually got um a lot of relevance no it does it does outside just that it's a piece of art and you know you're giving you know (laughs) why i figured it was more than just a piece of art or else no but really the other question that tom tom actually inspires this this in, in this idea the other side of the coin primates are you know what kind of distinguishes us primates you know from from other animals is the use of tools. That's one of the things, right? right. I mean, uh, obviously you can you can you can talk about the animal kingdom. I'm not an expert, so I'm hurrying beyond that. But um, you know, primates use whatever is is at hand to try to improvise right. stuff. And I so I, I feel like that's go ahead. They yeah. just pick up a stick and bonk them on the head. It's not right. Well. It's not, <laughs> that's how I. <laughs> but real quick with the cave because we've got other topics going. But with the cave, yeah, that sure. caveman jujitsu and that thought process. Well, see, I was able to do that because I studied under some real good guys in drawing. One, one of them being R.J. Oak, who most people don't even know who R.J. is. He was a brilliant uh, Aiki Jitsu guy in Joint Lock. I, I created Bujitsu Kampo, uh, and he was the most aggressive, violent Joint Locker I've ever met in my entire life. He unfortunately has passed away. It was just uh, a maybe a year ago, a little longer, and um, – but he was great. Now, he's an unknown guy that, for the most part, small circles know him, that pretty much taught in his garage or in a park. And that's where you can learn some incredible martial arts. Uh, just because you have a gigantic, successful school does not make you a super talented karate guy. It makes you a real good business guy. And subsequently, you have a lot of real <laughs> talented guys who just don't know how to make money doing it. it it's different skill sets. But RJ was the one who kind of brought me to it and allowed me to know all the intricacies of a joint lock. And then I was able to unravel those and kind of simplify them because as we talked about in the real case scenario of which I've had to do on numerous occasions, the reality of putting my finger in that exact perfect spot at the exact perfect angle, the exact perfect time is not going to probably exist. So I had to kind of bastardize it and make it simpler to work. So that's where that came from anyway. So, and it's a lot more fun because then people kind of get, hey, I can just do this and pretty much get 90% of what he's 
doing as opposed to let's spend a lifetime doing this joint lock, which is nothing wrong to those who want to experiment or explore that should do that. But anyway, wow, that was a very exciting half hour. About wait, wait, no, 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 I have one more question. No, for one, you. Uh, one yes, more one. Oh, yes, 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 I insist. Right, so, please. okay, you know, I, I have to say that from what I glean, you know, you've, you've been punched a lot, you know, you've probably been, you know, people have tried to exercise violence upon your person against your person. Am I, am, you know, or, uh, that is my sense of things. Right. I'm using my sense of things. That's that's what I'm interpreting here. So at the same time, I've also noticed that you like people. You seem to have an abiding fascination with the human, like humans. The human condition. Yeah, well, I wasn't going <laughs> to say that. No, no, not necessarily. Um, but I want to know how how is it that you maintain that kind of positive, almost, I don't want to say faith in humanity because I don't want to oh, speculate, yeah. but how is it, how is it that you could still be interested when you've been punched so many times? Why <laughs> <laughs> people try to hurt me? I, who knows? I do find people fascinating. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I like to go to the mall and just watch people walk around and go, God, look at that idiot. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, no, I just, I generally, I, I genuinely like people. Uh, and I don't know why, to be brutally honest. Uh, and, and that I've, you know, I just okay, find them fascinating. Right. Taking it, it's it's real, it's sincere. I actually like people, care about them. I know, or, it's and, cons- and concerned about. Them. As far as I'm punching, I don't mind getting hit. I've got look when I learned how to box in in, in Trenton, Philadelphia, I got punched a lot <laughs> uh, by real big, strong guys, and just kind of developed a good callus on my face. So I'm kind of used to it. But uh, yeah, but anyway, without that, that was that took a turn. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Tom, what's the matter? You falling asleep? <laughs> from from my experience, so, so I started teaching, right. and I only teach when my instructor lacks away. Right. Um, uh, so so for, for, uh, tomorrow I'm teaching, for example, and I'm, I'm going to do some of that caveman uh, locking stuff. Nice. Um, it, it's become like one of the most rewarding things I do in life, um, and uh, you know. It, I'm always teaching to some extent, so I might be working with a smaller group, or I might be taking one half of the class, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But sure. you know, to, to to work with someone and see them develop and see them really enjoying stuff, and then you, you generally become friends with these people as well. Um, right. It, it is it is a fantastic thing. Now, I haven't taken anyone to the extent where you you will have done where you know maybe. I mean, everyone has different goals, right? It might be to win a white collar fight. It might be right. you, you know to fight in the UFC, but. Um, you know, you're you need to tailor that coaching, I guess, to to each each individual, and and whatever they achieve is going to be, um, they're going to have their own goals that, are, that are, are very meaningful for them. And if you can help them achieve that, brilliant. That was long winded as well, wasn't it? No, no, <laughs> no. I don't think so at all. There's a lot. So when we do this, what's unique about this business? I was looking at some of the notes that uh, you had sent me, and then was that it becomes very personal. It's not like you're going to the big box gym and you're going and you're, you swipe your card and you're going and no one knows who you are. You go in there anonymously. So when we do the martial arts, whether it's lack or you, whatever, you become friends with these people. And it's kind of a unique fraternity. You know, they tell you about their families, what's going on in their life. You know, you go out for, you know, a pint afterwards or whatever it might be. Uh, so there's a deeper relationship to it, which actually complicates the business aspect of it. When I was looking, you know, so you know, you know, the, the challenges of it is that I have a personal relationship with this individual who comes into my gym, and let's say they pay me a hundred bucks a month or whatever that is, and now we're we're buddies and we're friends, and let's say they lose their job 
and they don't have money to pay for the gym. Now, what's that challenge for me? The challenge is, well, do I go, well, you know, Tom, uh, tough fucking shit. You know, you got you can't train yeah. anymore, which is the pure business line of going, hey, I got to run it like a real business, and that's how you do But then there's that human side <laughs> where I go, well, I'll, I'll work with Tom, and then when Tom gets his feet back on the ground, he can start paying again. And that's a very gray line, you know, what to yeah. do. I don't know how Lack, Lack's probably just a, pure, a, a self, uh, uh, you know, heartless guy and just cuts him out. <laughs> we, we, we had one day, we'd, we'd, um, we'd all been working at that martial arts show up in Birmingham that got used yeah. to run. And so we all knackered. So we, we, instead of class, we, we just all went and had a pint together, like the whole group. This was right. years ago. And everyone was sort of asked to say, you know, what, what's brought you into martial arts? And, uh-huh. and my story was really boring. I, it was just a free class at the gym, but then I grew ah. to love it. So wait, wait, step back. Hold but, on. I want to t- So you never thought about doing a war. You must have thought about it before. And then what got you? What was that moment when you said, instead of me thinking about doing martial arts, I'm going to go in and take that class? Like, why was it not a dance class? There isn't. There isn't an amazing story there, right? So, so there's not when an amazing. I, was young, Jesus, I, I obviously loved like every other boy. You know, I loved everything to do with the military. Um, you know, we, when we were playing, it was always fighting related stuff, right? Um, and me and my brother would fight all the time. And my brother did a little bit of martial arts, and I always thought it looked lame because he he'd be in like the white pajamas sort of thing. Um, and I think he did Taekwondo, you know, he had like a yellow belt. And I was just like, that's 100% not what I would want to be doing, you know, katas and all that kind of thing. And then um, I think when, when I went to university. It you know, lacks we, we heart, had, right? We, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't right for me. You know, it, 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 my brother had a fascination with the Oriental cultures, particular, particularly the Japanese, and he, he ended up living over in Japan and is fluent in Japanese. Really? Um, it was just, I, I went to that first class, and it was a free class. It was like Bruce Lee's martial art. Yeah. And as soon as, as, soon as I did it, I, I, signed, you know, I signed up and thought, this is pretty cool. And then it just grew and grew and grew. It was, you know, um, we, would, we went from doing one class very quickly to doing two classes a week. I think Lack wasn't sure whether he really wanted to teach at that stage. You know, he's now made successful school for 10 oh, years, yeah, which sure. is impressive. Um, so we had, we had a small group. And then, then we started going and we'd, we'd do a sort of what we called a, a backyard class at, at the weekend. So um, I don't think we'd pay any money particularly, but we'd just go and like kind of fight each other in a park and, and kind of get our, get our skills a bit, a, a bit better. Yeah, and then we started bringing over people from the US, particularly Tim Tackett, yep, um, Chris Kent from time to time as well, and then I started going to the US. So the first time was that trip to Bayonne when I met you, Jim, and then, and then every September thereafter, and then more and more. I mean, every year I reckon I've increased the amount of training that I've done. So sure. so I felt my my head wasn't moving enough. So so I picked up boxing and. Um, you know, get a bit faster, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that, that's where I met Dr. Watson going to that real fight club. And then um, I'd start going, I'd start going to other seminars that were held around Europe. So I, 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 Dieter had one in Belgium. I, oh. I assumed everyone over there wouldn't speak English, but I went over there and that, that was a Tim Tackett one. And then I've gone to more and more seminars. Then I was like, well, all these guys know weapons and locking and I want to know those things. So then I picked up the Arnis, um, 
So it's just grown and grown and grown. And, and, and to be honest, like other things, there's been less and less time for other things. So where I might have spent a lot of time doing football or drinking, um, those things have, you know, have gone down to allow for more martial arts training. <laughs> have you found that you delay the time you start drinking because you're like, no, no, but I got to, I got to, I got to, you know, go to this class or I got to train with this guy. Uh, you know, usually, usually bit, 5 p.m., but, but no, 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 7, 8, c- 9. C- city drinking dr- night in, in, in London is Thursday. It's like everyone goes out and has a drink on a Thursday for, for some reason, and I, I go to JKD, so, so, so I, miss, I miss out on the drinking then. Um, Monday, I, I wouldn't drink anyway. But it doesn't and then, feel like missing, then, does it? Say that again? I said, but it doesn't really feel like missing, does it? No, 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 no. I mean, no. I've never, I've never been someone who. I, I don't sit around thinking oh, I'd like to have a beer all the time. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, no. you know, I, But, but I, once I have one, I, I like. To, well, no, I mean, yeah. I, no, I understand. Well, and then after, look, and after the seminar, or <laughs> well, or then, after yeah. class, and there are times when you earn it, though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, and then so then I have the, the reason I'm asking these questions. I'm going to ask it of you in a minute, Jim. Yes. So prepare yourself. I'm ready. All right. So the reason I'm asking this is because I, I obviously come from a very different kind of, you know, very academic, traditional, you know, Renaissance studies. We don't even need to get into into that. But mm. but um, what I did do is I did a lot of art reviews. And um, I, was, I knew a lot of people who were basically in New York in the 60s when you have Jackson Pollock, when you have all these really, really exciting, influential. Now, you know, Andy Warhol, you know. Um, all these I know people. these names, but they don't interest yeah, well, me at all. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It doesn't matter whether or not they interest you. You know them, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, I'm not asking about the subject. What I'm saying though is that these were famous artists, and one of the things I've noticed is that you know artists will starve to death and do what they do until the day they die. Example: There was a. Um, somebody that I knew quite well who um, just just kind of uh, got in to, he was an artist, uh, visual arts, you know. Every kind of, everything was against him. He never made money. He was always living on the fringes. Um, all of his friends enjoyed, you know, they were the people that got famous, like Andy Warhol. Right. It, you know, so he friend. did it just because well, he loved it. No, no, no. It's not just that, though. There was a necessity. He would, he would not eat so that he could buy paint. This man, when he got older, into his 80s, he was still trying to, he would see in the concrete on the streets of Newark, you know, this this found, you know, this concrete. He's like, it's great. These guys are knocking down a building and he'd take it and he'd paint on it like in the caves of France, you know, because he was inspired by that. And he he did that until I'm pretty sure the day he died. And you'd go over to his apartment, which was also his studio, filled Filled, filled with art or ideas or something. And so there was some, and the commonality here and the reason that I'm asking and bringing this up at all is that there's obviously, even though there's not, there's nothing, oh, by the way, he loved boxing, loved boxing. He would lie in order to get into fights. He'd be like, no, 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 I'm with Newsweek. Yeah, yeah, sure. So anyway, um, so, but what I want to ask is, so obviously there is that, that drive for something. I, th- I, th- I think for me, it, it's stuff like people always say, "Are oh, you are you so lucky going off to these um, seminars in the sure. US and things like that?" And um, I, I I basically see it as like prioritization. So it's like they might have a holiday and they go off to Greece or something like that, right, or yeah. Spain, 
And I say, well, I'm going to go and have a holiday, but I'm going to build it around doing some training. Right. How does um, it... And they'll say they can't do it, and I kind of feel like they can. They can sure do they it. Can. Just, right. It's a matter of choice and priority. It is absolutely a matter of choice, right? And pri- priority. So, and when we go, when you go back to, when we were talking about, you know, why you do it, your drive to do it, and it, 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 it just, it's, it's in you, like the, the artist, and, and you just, you can't. It's part of who you are, and that's why you do it, and then. As a result of doing this and stuff, the people we meet, we talk about the friendship with the gyms and stuff like that. As a result for me of being able to do this is I've got now friends all over the planet, yourself included. Mm-hmm. I would have never met had you not been inspired to do the martial arts and ended up coming over here. And now, you know, you're friends for, you know, 10 years, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah, how we yeah, do a, yeah. I would do a fucking radio show again. <laughs> yeah. So that, and that's a rather interesting right. thing. And the interesting too is that the, the fraternity of it, uh, and I don't know if it's in other, I'm sure it's in other things, is that uh, there have been years I haven't seen guys. Scott Pratt, I hadn't seen him in a number of years. Now he's over oh, in so I'm, I'm climbing Wales's tallest mountain with him this week. Ah, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> See, I'll say hello. And you didn't know Scott before <laughs> this either, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. You, know, you don't know everybody in Wales. And uh, so out of the blue, I didn't see him in year, years, and then I've seen him twice in the past year, and, and, you know, in, in Ireland and in Belgium. It's great. You know, a great guy. He's a great guy. Great I'm thinking tough about getting him dude. Yeah. He's yeah. a real tough dude, real under uh, quiet dude, but extraordinarily tough. But anyway, look, we're we're all over the place here. Uh, <laughs> what I, I want is a global brand, though, and, and yeah, I, I, it, it's it's the same for me. I mean, Facebook, something like I, I see my friends in London all the time, so I don't really need it. But Facebook right. exists for me to keep in touch with you guys right. who are all over the world now. My martial arts right. Your fraternity. Right, now I talk to you on Skype and Facebook. It's, it's like we're fucking dating. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of any, any tales from the front. Sorry, sorry. Okay. The front. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Uh, so I have to speak. And the, the funny thing is when people don't know this, is that Tom and I or Alan and I, all three of us have a conversation whether it be on Skype or Facebook or through notes and stuff. And I have to put an end to it to the best. I, no, let's not talk about that because we end up having a great radio show without being on the air. Right, Tom, <laughs> yeah. you've heard me say, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll yeah. have a And I go, that, no, shut up. Don't talk to me. We're not talking about this. Because then it ruins its energy. And when we were designing the show, when we were talking about doing the show, and you were concerned about, and I get you still are, the, the over preparation. I want it to be very much alive and in, in the moment, right? Cool. And it is always brilliant. Matter of fact, it's more and more brilliant every time we do it. Quite honestly, that's not saying don't be prepared for the show. It's just saying let it just be a living, breathing thing all by itself. Well, Jim, you know, yeah. I, I I came to what I thought was yeah. purely in a witness capacity for the show. You do realize that, as yes. you know. A witness protection. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, I was like, okay, you know. I need to be, hide. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun to observe. And right. So you know. So it it, you know, no. I mean, that, that you talk about lack of preparation. Okay. So please, you have no, things you want to say. So I was going to touch on a little bit today, but you know, I think we'll wait because now next week, Tom, uh, ha- did you talk to Pat Malloy or to? Uh, I've, I've I've spoken to Pat O'Malley. I've spoken to Dieter. Um, How about Lack? I think I've spoken to it. Yeah, well, yeah, Lack could be another one. So I haven't got a confirmed guest for next week, but there will be one. There will be one. So we're going to keep it secret <laughs> so nobody knows in advance. They're technical issues. And I've said, don't worry. Like they, they, they think they need like elaborate headsets and things like that. No, they but can go down to, said, the, to the drugstore yeah. and buy a set. If Doc Watson. Yeah. Doc, yeah, we have Doc. scarcely unpacked. Doc, can yeah. manage uh, to... Can from manage, Japan. Exactly. In can, the middle of the night. 
Then, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he's he. We'll get him back on soon. Like, no, he was great. Um, we got some boxing stuff coming up that I want to talk about with him. The other thing, uh, well, whoever look, whoever it is, that's fine. I do have some interesting stuff I want to talk to about with Lack, being he's kind of this really built this n- nice JKD uh, business in, in, in London, and, and he's really into the philosophy. So I have some int- – well, I think they're interesting questions. One being, how many fucking G Kondos Sifus can there be in the world? Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious. Because every time I'm on Facebook, there's another dude with the title Sifu. Dude, they're 20 years old. How do you become a Sifu master – you know, under these completely obscure guys, and I've but, and I've yeah. seen many of these guys at seminars, and uh, if they're a Sifu, you know, I'm I'm. What's your best? I don't know what uh, that means. Can you give an example? Can you can do you have a story? The Chinese word for teacher. So sen, sensei would like be sensei. Japanese. Yeah. Chinese, so all it means is teacher. But I mean, there's different levels of teachers, are there not? Right. Do you have a ridiculous story about something? Oh, I have a lot of ridiculous. Please, stories. can no, you no. please? No, no, no. But, but I, I'm going to save it for Lack. I got to save it because Lack will have his insight, and I'm really curious about his insight because I got to tell you, and I wanted to write an article on. I'm not bashing any individual if they think they're Sifu. Yeah. There are. Good for them. They should be. You should be proud of what you do. But the issue is how many can there be? You know, and, and the further away you are, by the way, from the source, the less likely you are to be. So if you're five generations removed from whoever, it becomes less likely, depending especially who you train with. doesn't mean you can't be good and stuff. But there's a lot of guys who are, I don't know. It just seems extraordinary yeah. to me. They came onto the scene. Yeah. And I you, mean, look, we, we could have like a, a this this could turn into like a two or three hour conversation. Absolutely, kind of where we need to crack open a beer and get talking about it. I, right. I've got really strong views on this, um, right. and uh, a lot of my, a lot of my friends, a- Andrew Jansen and I had had a big chat about this at the weekend as well. Oh wow! Okay, um, th- th- there is. I think, I think firstly, let, let's not isolate JKD, right? There is a lot of instructors for a lot of martial arts. For a lot of and things. It, it yeah. filters down. If, if <laughs> right. you're a Taekwondo, you know, there would be... Same thing. The, yeah. And exactly. here's why I use Jeet Kune Do. Let me clarify. Because it's, very, it's much more personal to me. So for me to say Taekwondo Sifus or Senseis, I could care less. For yeah. me, on a personal level. Reason Jeet Kune Do is because of our affiliation with Tim Tackett and Bob Bremer and Dennis and all these guys. So it's a little bit more personal. That's all. So yeah. it's not to discuss. As, as, by the way, for those guys, they could care less about the JKD guys. So if you just want to say karate, seafoods or whatever, I'm fine. But that's why I use JKD. But it's more. Yeah. more I right. th- no, I think, J- I think JKD um, has some slightly unique um, issues with it. In the, right. What, what Bruce, Bruce didn't want to share um jeet kundo he didn't want to give it a name so it was it was a, a very small group and the only person he said could teach it was dan inosanto and um dan dan taught it and it has gone out to the world um and and there is a if you if you take it back to bruce lee's era he wanted a very small group right. of talented martial the artists. backyard group yeah, and and they weren't going to wear uniforms. No, they weren't going to do gradings. Um, and some of these things can be, I guess, and it, and there wasn't an official syllabus. I think that, that that that's you know gone out gone out to everyone. So so a lot of stuff that then becomes a bit more open to interpretation. Right. Um, and so, some people there's also like the, um, Bruce Lee. You know, there's there's sort of three 
generations of, of JKD, with the first being very different to, to, to the last. Um, uh, so uh, Seattle going through to right. not, LA. Totally Giant different. Town. Tom, did you um, go to two? I'm sorry, uh, Santa. Uh, you didn't go to Seattle in 2008, did you? I didn't, no. Okay, no. real soon. So don't lose your thought. Here's why I'm going to say You said the different generations because in 2008 there was a thing. Good Lord, wasn't the JKD Nucleus or whatever. Shane, uh, yeah. uh, Shannon Lee, Bruce's daughter, was trying to do this formation. It was a big seminar. And you had from Taki Kimura, which is the, the Seattle era, more Wing Chun, Kung Fu-ish, all the way up to us, Taki, the Chinatown yeah. era. So it was rather interesting to see all these people together, sort of in one room, passing their knowledge on. And, and you could see how it evolved and gross. It was kind of fascinating to see that, and hence why, again, more even more confusion because everyone thinks they own that piece of the puzzle that completes it, and, and nobody actually does. But anyway, go ahead. I just wanted. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's. I, th- I think that was a great thing, and of course, like like most, like a lot of martial arts things, everyone fell out and it, it um, right. kind of disbanded. Um, I think a lot of a lot of. Uh, some martial artists that I know as well or, or, or teachers, what they've done is they've tried to retrace the steps that Bruce went through and they place quite a lot of emphasis on those early, early generation yeah. stages. What do you, whereas, what are your, what's your thought on that? Well, I mean, it's, you're, you're focusing on the stuff that Bruce threw away. Right. I think you need to understand it and, and ideally you'd be able to, able to do it, but to, to focus on it would certainly be the, the wrong approach because it's the stuff that he threw away is not working. Right. It, it, to understand the process of why he does it and, and um, uh, the steps that he got through as a teacher is quite important, but to actually focus on it um, is, I think, to lose the point of Jeet Kune Do, which is to simplify um, and and uh, you know reject what is right. uh, use use what's useful and reject what's useless. Yeah, I, I think um, it's a waste of time. Yeah, but that's I, I for think, me. Now there are guys. I'm sorry. That as you know that go back and absolutely, like you were saying, and, you go, and they want to learn all that stuff and go through that process. Maybe that helps them. I don't know. I think it, it's already been invented. It's already been improved. Why are you going back? Going off? Well, I, I have yeah. to ask a question. Yeah. Because um, the thing is that from my limited understanding of Jeet Kune Do, um, the first one of the first things I asked you was, well, do you have classes? And then I said, well, that's an idiotic question if you're thinking about the philosophy of it because, I mean, a lot of things, a lot, a lot of arts or sports, you know, what, whatever it is, it's, it's about like, you know, kind of what gets transmitted, what gets passed on, what gets remembered, the tradition, how you keep it going. And so I always wanted to know, I was like, well, this is a philosophy that's basically, um, it's part in part based on finding form, obviously, and then rejecting it, moving beyond right. it. Right. And then, and, and then also having it determined by, you know, in a deeply personal way. And yet at the same time, it seems like that almost makes a lot of people even more yeah. um, obsessed with what the right thing is. Right. And yeah, so it's, a, it's a strength and a weakness. So, so, we, right. you know, what, so what, how does what, it survive what, then? You know, I mean, because it seems like there are a lot more people who are really, really, really anxious and eager to be like, this is right, this is what it is, like almost like a kind of a, a scripture kind of thing, which right. is exactly the antithesis in my view so how how do you deal with that i mean how do you how do you kind of i mean we're 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 supposed to be what's what's called a kind of preservist school which is you know we're focusing on on original jkd not not some of the concept stuff so the idea is if you do 
when you've got a really good understanding of, of JKD, you could you could take some of the concepts and apply it to other other martial arts, boxing, like cards, wrestling, is, whatever it might be. Yeah, right. Exactly. We're trying to do JKD in its purest form, right? But uh, rather than being rather than being a concept school, but obviously when I go and do RA, I use the JKD language and JKD principles and try and apply them to that and use it as a, as a sort of um, a screen or or filter to to. Uh, challenge and understand the different techniques I'm learning meter, right. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. how did how did it, how did it, how did that seminar? I'm sorry, no. How did that seminar go this weekend? Didn't you do a? a... Uh, so so uh, last weekend I did my usual monthly Arnis session with with Pat. Um, yeah, yeah. That they are incredible. I mean, we just we just he, he, the, the man's spent a lifetime uh, absorbing knowledge. And he, he's giving because we were all all relatively senior and we're at a stage where we can uh, appreciate and absorb the stuff that yeah. he's showing us. He goes into like levels of detail about how you you know wh- wh- where where you place where you place your feet, um, framing of, of the target stuff like that. Nice. It's, it's, it's impossible for me to actually explain it over the phone without like demonstrating it physically. Right. Yeah. It's it's really really deep stuff. Nice. Uh, this looking. this weekend I was. Um, you didn't you go shooting in Slovakia? Slovakia. So, uh, my my third sort of tactical. I know. I uh, saw the footage. Session, yeah. Nice. It, it really so you're becoming good. quite we, we the did... quite the gun guy for a guy from the UK. I'm working. I mean, compared, I would never have a conversation with an American without sort of like bowing my hat and, uh, yeah. you know, in acknowledgement that you guys will know a lot more than than, than we ever do about guns. But um, what we would we were doing, um, IP IPSC or IPSIC, it's known as, which is yeah. a kind of sports shooting. Um, it stands for International Practical Shooting Confederation. So, so it's certain rules, and you have certain targets where there's an alpha shape in the middle. That's what you have to hit, and then they have Charlie and Delta, and you nice. you get penalties for hitting either of those or missing altogether. Are you, are you doing any combat shooting there too? Is it all targets? Meaning, are people firing back at you? Not live fire, <laughs> you know? Uh, no but, one's yeah, no one's firing back at us. No. Do but they it, do that? It, I mean, it is it is tactical shooting. It's it. Yeah. it but, but um, we wanted to do this. I mean, as I say, it, it, it's practical shooting. So, so you are you are shooting at um, sure. torso, which is where targets. it starts. Because when you do the more of the combat stuff later on, if you explore that, if they even offer that, I think our friend Mick that we do that at his place. He they have it, or he does that over there where it's this airsoft or something like that. So not only you, shoot, I'm shooting yeah. back at you now. They're pellets. Well, we, I mean, we can do airsoft over here, and that's something I, I plan to get. It's quite really into, actually. because it changes it the dynamic yeah. of everything you're doing. You know, yeah. after you learn all that stuff, here's the thing: we were in Vegas with Hawk, I don't know, a dozen years ago, and you had like ten law enforcement officers with their guns right there, and you had uh, versus one kid. He was like at fifteen or sixteen, whatever. Essentially, here's what happened: is those guys had to draw their gun out of their holster and and do all the proper thing. This kid picked up the gun, ran sideways, did the gangster upside down shoot, killed every single one of them. Never <laughs> shot before <laughs> in his life. Yeah. So all these guys were super trained, couldn't kill this one kid running past. So it just changes the dynamics. We're, and I'll give you one more story. When we were in Vegas doing stuff, we were clearing out rooms, and I was the, uh, the, the president. 
the principal. So what happens is security force around me, you know, had to get me through this building. So I was just an actor, you know, I was, yeah, I was yeah, a yeah. Sorry, Mr. President, go this way. Okay. And I'll run this way. And they're, they're, and they're clearing out the rooms, killing the bad guys. And they get yeah. me out, they get me outside. Right. And I see my limo. Yeah, well, it's not really a limo, but it's supposed to be my limo. Mm-hmm. All right. My, the car. My, the, it the, is the, now. It is now. The getaway limo, right? And they're like, Mr. President, make your way to the car. And as I'm starting to run toward the car, as I look up, I see this little yellow pellet coming right for my head. Bam! Right in the fucking forehead. I'm dead. I got assassinated right before I got to the thing. And I go, yeah, yeah, as yeah. I'm on my deathbed, I'm bleeding. And I go, you're fired. <laughs> so, so Andrew Jansen runs a load of uh, close protection courses. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, he was over there running one of these courses for nice. a load of bodyguards. And then and then he joined us for like this, I call it a fun shoot at the end. Nice. Um, well, that's cool. Good. I, maybe I'll get to do that one day with you guys there. Uh, we're going to have to close up next week. Tom, you are climbing Wales' tallest mountain. How tall is that mountain? Probably pretty small compared to anything you've got in the uh, U.S. It's a big hill. Oh, come on. How many... It's a big it's elevation. Yeah. Something like that. It's Mount Snowden. Look it up. Never even heard of it. Wait, what is it again? Tell me. Uh, it, Mount, Mount Snowden. Snowden. Okay, thank and you. And Tom, I, I know that you're um, still unemployed. Other than Primal Radio, thank yeah. God you have the show. I'll pay the bills. A job, interview, a job offer this week. Job offer. That's good. And this just, was uh, to do what? Bag groceries? Just. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you build people up. In I do build them up. The best. Punch them in the balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to go straight back where I was. But, right. I and mean, I would love to do what you're doing, right? Which is, which is, you know, become martial arts full time. Yeah. Well, we'll talk. We'll I'll, help you do that. Yeah. Um, yeah that's funny. So, that's, okay. Any other Tinder stories, Tom? Yeah, wait, really. I want. Uh, uh, by the way, the follow up. Was there ever yeah, a follow up date with the the girl yeah, who's yeah, who when was you were magical? Uh, she was banging Ron Jeremy. <laughs> I might be seeing her on uh, Friday, actually. You will really. So you have not seen her I, since that date. So we went out. Was it last Sunday? I didn't know that. No, you didn't update us on this. And then, and then it was, it was just you know a nice night out. Was, had a drink. Yeah. Um, after mm. I came back from training, and then. I think last week she sent me one of these messages like, what's going on? I can't read you at all and all that kind of thing. And I said, whoa. Yo. Uh, uh, you should say, well, yeah, magical, but... bitch. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Magical. So, You're right. I'm the magical. <laughs> Hence. Yeah. So I said, look, yeah. I'm not looking for anything that serious, but um, I w- would like to see you again. So anyway, we sh- I should be seeing her on Friday. Nice. So I think sh- she's, she's definitely 100% finished with that other guy, which is... As least, far as you if, know, if there's any other, if there's any worry on that side, that's, that's gone away. Ron's out of the picture. <laughs> Ron is, Ron is out of, <laughs> he's out of the picture. Well, that's good. And so, so we can get people. So we have no idea who our guests. So tune in next week for a surprise yeah, guest, um, and, and I'll take care of the guests after that. We can, you know, but you got as soon as you know, as soon as you seal that, we need to post it uh, out there so the world knows. Let me know. Put it on the. Facebook page, Hamilton Radio, all that stuff, and then we'll promote it. So let's get a commitment from whoever, if that's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll get on to that. The, you were the man, Tom. Hey, um, <laughs> all right. You know, this was a – hey, look, it was a great show. We talked about a little bit of everything. I'm pretty Congratulations, th- by was, the way. It was, a, it was a good show. <laughs> hey, and j- just again, you know, we we're opening a new place, Primal Gym 2 – or not two, but the new the new location. It's at three Nami Lane, Hamilton, New Jersey. It is a ten thousand square foot facility, and it has everything yeah, everything you could possibly imagine with the martial arts, and then some. Um, 
And then we'll be back. Guys, anything you want to promote? Tom, uh, your JKD's thing, you want to promote it? JKD, uh, JKDLondon.com and RapidArnest.com for, oh, for, uh, right. uh, if you want to learn either of the martial arts I do. Um, nothing, nothing else, really, on my side. All right. Alana? No, uh, no, no. no, no. Promote it. Hey, you can hit us up primalgymnj.com or find Tom and uh, myself on Facebook. Another great show, guys. Peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.